0: Out there in podcast land, this is Combat Sports with Rhino, your number one all-encompassing combat sports podcast. We're talking boxing, we're talking MMA, we're talking Muay Thai, we are talking kickboxing, we are just talking. I am so glad to be back on the air with you folks. Um, As most of you know, I was previously on a show called... CS 101 or Combat Sports 101, Uh, that show is no longer moving forward. So I had to uh, go ahead and venture out on my own and get started on my own podcast. So I thank you so much for joining me on this uh, new endeavor. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive right in from beautiful downtown Adrian, Michigan. This is once again Combat Sports with Rhino. Last night, after a long hiatus, we had our first UFC. Gosh, I think it's been about three weeks uh, since we had a UFC. So we had UFC D.C., UFC Fight Night D.C. over in Washington, D.C. Uh, we had the main card being our our main event being uh, Alistair Overeem versus uh, Jerry Hitsu Rosenstrike, which we'll get to in a minute. But it was so nice to have fights on last night. We also had Anthony Joshua uh, versus Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, there was... There was a lot of, to watch yesterday, which was really cool. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into the breakdown of the UFC Fight Night, uh, Washington, D.C., and we're going to start at the bottom of the of the main card. Uh, we had a bantamweight clash between Rob Font and Ricky Simone. Uh, this one was pretty fun. It was uh, it was very exciting. There was lots of back and forth. Uh, Ricky Simone, we all know, uh, we've seen he's more of a grappler. He's more of a sub guy. And then you got Rob Font from up there in the Northeast. Rob Font, who's just a straight brawler, and he's a fan favorite. We all love seeing Rob Font do his thing. Uh, Rob Font came out very aggressive in the first round. He was pretty wild. He was going all over the place, and he even said in the uh, post-fight interview that they always tell me I'm so wild in the first round, I got <laughs> to calm down. So, But he did, and uh, he, he really dominated the fight. I thought Ricky Simone didn't get... Uh, the double leg or the single leg or the high crotch or anything he was looking for to get, the, to get the fight to the ground. And Rob Font was able to, you know, really implement his game plan and throw a lot of beautiful strikes. He's a great striker. He's really fun to watch. Uh, so Rob Font won by unanimous decision over Ricky Simone. Uh, that moves us to, we. so we started the card, the main card, with three bantamweight fights in a row. The second one being Geraldo de Fritas Jr. Versus one of my favorite names in MMA, Sung Yadong. Uh, and this one was very much a, I don't know. There was it was kind of it would be great for a minute, and then it'd be some kind of ho hum, and then there would be kind of the lack of much action, and then it would pick up real quick, and somebody would land, and everyone get excited, and then some more humdrum and waiting around. Uh, it ended up being a it ended up being a draw. I thought Song Yedong did just enough. I thought he did a little bit more damage with his strikes than Fritas Jr. did, but again, I could see why it was a draw as well. So. Yeah, Geraldo DeFritas Jr. and Sung Dong are fight to a draw last night at UFC Fight Night DC. The third in the installment of the trifecta of bantamweight fights to start off the card was uh, our first female fight of the main card, which was Aspen Ladd versus Yana Kuniskaya. Uh, Aspen Ladd has been one of those kind of... Upstarts, you know what I mean. She comes in with a lot of hype. Uh She was derailed by Ger- Jermaine Duranami, but that was her only loss. And if you're going to lose a one person in that division, Jermaine Duranami is pretty fucking good. So she's fighting for the title next. So you know she's a she's a heavy hitter. Uh, Aspen Lad, very young in her career, she is a very exciting fighter. She really. Uh, she's really good at everywhere, and I think Yana Kuniskaya, um kind of came in a lot of a lot of hype. She was a former Invicta champion, much taller than Aspen, a very good kickboxer out of Russia. She's also dating uh, she's also dating Marietta Santos, which is like an MMA fucking <laughs> like dream team matchup between those two. It's really cute. I like both of them. Uh, Yana Kunitskaya, I thought was. Winning in the first round, she had some beautiful leg kicks. She had some beautiful body kicks. Uh, Aspen Lad then was able to get her to the ground. Um, the thing that was a little bit of a point of contention, I believe, was Aspen Lad screaming her kind of Banshee-esque, ah, 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 as she was doing some ground and pound on Yana. I saw some, uh, I saw some stuff on Twitter last night kind of commenting about it. I'm for it, to be honest with you. If that's what's getting you motivated, if that's what's getting you hyped, if that's what's getting you to put a little bit extra on those punches, fucking have at it. You know, I remember. Um, I remember there was like tennis players back. Then. Monica Sellis was one who would hit every time she had a shot. She'd go, Ha-eh! which I thought was silly at the time. But if that's what's helping you get a little more oomph on your shots, I'd say more power to you. So Aspen Lad was able to. Uh, I think she won the first and the second. I think Yana could have a case for the first round. But second round, Aspen Ladd, I think, clearly won. And then to start off the third round, Aspen Ladd's corner was all in her face, screaming at her motivational stuff and getting her going. She comes charging out, cracks Yana with a left hook to the jaw, puts her on her back, and finishes her off Um so they call the TKO at 33 seconds of round three. Big win for Aspen Ladd. She's definitely going to move up the ranks a little bit. Yana Kuniskaya had a good performance until then. You know, she's, uh, she's one of those kind of periphery 5 to 10 to 15 ranked fighter in the Bantamweight division. I don't know what's next for her, but she's super gorgeous, and I always definitely want to see her come back. <clears throat> Moving on to our next fight is my division, the heavyweight division. We had Stefan the Skyscraper Struve versus one of my all-time least favorite fighters, Ben Rothwell. And I like to keep an open mind when I don't have a fighter who I like very much. And, you know, maybe they can sway me later, um, i.e. the Motown Phenom. I've really come around on him after not liking him for a long time. But Ben Rothwell did nothing last night to make me want to be a fan of his. Uh, Stefan Struve came out with some huge leg kicks, some beautiful teeps. Nice punches. Rothwell looked out of sorts. Rothwell looked, he was like overwhelmed. So what happens? Super hard kick to the nuts. Stefan Struve goes down for a long time. And, you know, to his credit, he kind of got himself back together, got up, started doing the same thing over again. He was really beating up Ben, I thought, on the feet. Those leg kicks were heavy. And Rothwell was feeling them. And he was slowing down. And then what happens again? Boom, another second huge nut shot. In the second round to Stefan Struve, he goes down again. Everyone's booing. Rothwell's fucking over in his corner just fucking sulking. Like, what? What did I do? Whatever. Stefan Struve did not have to continue. He was winning the fight. So like a, like a G, he gets up, and he's still clearly hurt. Uh, Rothwell cracks him, gets him in the clinch, starts throwing, he, and he throws good uppercuts. We all know that. He's been around forever. Uh, throws some beautiful uppercuts against Stefan Struve up against the fence. They call the TKO, they stopped the fight. TKO at 457 of round two for Ben Rothwell. I don't like the decision. I don't like that's what happened. I thought Stephens Roo was clearly winning the fight. It's, it's almost like, do I think Ben Rothwell intentionally did the first one? No. No, I don't. Do I think there's possibility of the second one he didn't really mind so much? Yeah, I kind of do. And that's the shitty part about combat sports. That's the shitty part about MMA is that you take a nut shot as often as you do, and then you take another one. And, I mean, you can only take so many of those before you cannot get back up. So Ben Rothwell clearly had the advantage at that point. And poor Stefan Struve, all seven foot of him, was just a shell of his former self going back after the second low blow. And he got caught, and he got dropped, and now he loses. So fuck you, Ben Rothwell, is pretty much what I'm trying to get to. Never liked you, never will now, especially now. Um, So that was that fight. We got TKO at 457 of round two for Big Ben Rothwell over Stefan the Skyscraper Struve. We are moving right ahead to the Strawweight co-main event of the evening with Marina Rodriguez versus Cynthia Calvillo. <clears throat> now, this one I really am going to delve into a little bit. So I thought Marina Rodriguez clearly, clearly won the first two rounds, which she did. Cynthia Calvillo didn't make weight again. I don't know if this is the second or the third time. I know she also had a pop for marijuana, um, I don't like her. I don't like her. She's I don't think she's still with Team Alpha Male, but she still has uh, Justin Buckholds as her coach. But I've never liked her. I think she's like she's a cocky jerk and I think she talks a lot of shit about people and I'm not a fan of hers whatsoever. So I was really hoping Marina Rodriguez was going to come out here and just dominate her and she really did the first two rounds. I thought she clearly won the first two 10-9, no question about it. And then the third round comes around and you know, and Covio to her credit stayed in the pocket, got her down, really implemented some good ground and pound for a while. But was that really a 10-8 round? Fuck no, not in this reporter's fucking, (laughs) not in my estimation it wasn't. So they have the first two rounds, 10-9, 10-9 for Maria, and they call the second round, I mean, I'm sorry, the third round 10-8 for Cynthia, which what equates to what? A draw. So Cynthia Calvillo, after losing two rounds, and I didn't think really dominating the third that much for a 10-8, Got to 10-8, walks out of there with a draw. I'm not happy about it. I think it's kind of bullshit. Not for me. Okay? We're moving our way up to the heavyweight main event of the evening. Now, this one I was super looking forward to. Alistair Overeem, you want to talk about experience? You want to talk about a guy who has over 100 professional fights between MMA and kickboxing? Multiple champion in multiple organizations. <clears throat> I mean, what a fucking stud, right? You've been around forever he's going against Jercito Rogersigno, I'm sorry if I'm saying it right. Yarasingo Rosenstrike who for I mean for lack of a better term is like a he's a nova star right now. He has been just on everybody's lips as far as the heavyweight division in the UFC. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere for us MMA fans because he did start out many years ago in MMA, and then took a long hiatus from MMA to focus on his professional kickboxing career, which he's phenomenal at, okay? He had a million wins, very few losses, really, really good kickboxer. He's finished his first few fights in the UFC very quickly, including mmm, hurts to say. One of my very favorite fighters of all time, Andre Arlovsky, in his last fight, in only nine seconds. Just a little bink, left hook, put Andre down, put him to sleep, it was, oh man. But, Rose's strike really showed he's the real deal last night. <clears throat> so in round one, it was a lot of, uh, you know, Alistair got a takedown and kind of grinded on top of him for a while. The next three rounds, I thought, you know, I thought Alistair and Rose strike was very close. It was very back and forth. There was lots of ebb flows to it. You have two big, strong strikers. Uh, Alistair's, Alistair's kicks were really on point. We you know, with that southpaw stance, that, over, that straight over two with his left hand, because he's in the southpaw stance, really beautiful. Landed a few times. Um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen going into the uh, going into the decision, but we didn't need to find out because with just three or four seconds left in round five, Rosenstrike lands a beautiful overhand right that literally split Overeem's lip from the lip to past his nose. It was gnarly. It was worse than Robbie Lawler versus uh, McDonald when he had that cut. It was probably the gnarliest lip rip I've ever seen. It was a huge strike. Now, Alistair went down. And he was flat up against the cage on his butt. Uh, Rosenstrike just turned around and walked away and started pounding his chest. Dan Mergliata, the ref, had actually not stopped the fight yet. But when he did that, over him kind of stood up and kind of fell sideways on his feet. Some people were clamoring, saying, Look, there was only a few seconds left. They shouldn't have stopped the fight. Well, look, if Rosenstrike hits him with that huge overhand and Alistair is flat against the cage, all he was a sitting duck. Rose Strike could have gone in with another two or three huge shots before Dan could have pulled them off and really theoretically scrambled Alistair for good. So I'm fine with the way that that story played out. I am fine that Alistair is going to wake up today with his kids and be okay. Rose Strike then had a beautiful post-fight interview. He called out Ngannou in a very respectful way, which, oh my God, who doesn't want to see that fight too? Big brawling Super strong, super hard-hitting stand-up warriors like those two. God, that's going to be amazing. Let's please make it happen, Captain. Come on, Dana. Dana, Sean, Shelby. <coughs> we need that fight to happen. So, yes, we definitely want to see that. He also shouted out his parents, which was really cool. It was a nice moment. So, yeah, so basically, I, I'm not sure who was winning. I probably would have given it to uh, Rosenstrike by UD if it hadn't uh, had to come to such a conclusion at the end. But, yeah, it was a really cool fight. It was fun. It went almost all five rounds. I really enjoyed it. I know some people don't like some of the lulls in activity, but you know when you've got heavyweights like that that are that big, they're not bantamweights. You know what I mean? We can't throw an output of you know hundreds of strikes around and constantly be running around. So I really enjoyed it. I loved it from start to finish. Um, so yeah, once again, Rosen strike with a TKO round five of Alister Overeem at four fifty six time. Uh, the special mention for last night was from Bryce Thugnast. Is for Bryce Thugnasty Mitchell. He got his second. He got the second ever twister submission in UFC history. The first one being by uh, the Korean Zombie back in 2011. I mean, it's such a hard sub to pull off. That's why it never happens. But a Thug Nasty. I mean, I mean, so many people love him. He's so funny, and he's got that real deep Southern draw. And I'm from Arkansas, you know. And uh, he went out there and he pulled off one of the most incredible hard submissions to do. And he did it against a kid named uh, Matt Sales, who I was not sure. I don't think I'd ever seen him before. But you know, Thug Nasty coming off of Tough, got a lot of fans. <clears throat> and I really like the way the kid fights. But here's the problem. At the end, and I don't know if he's trying to build a fan base or if he just doesn't care, but people love this guy, right? Then he gets on the horn afterwards, and he mentions what a uh, Trump guy he is, and that if Trump has any problems, he just needs to call <laughs> – he just needs to call Bryce, and Bryce will come take care of it. I think all of the uh... – I think he lost about half his fan base or did that and really made the other half really happy. So I don't know, man. I hope he doesn't turn into like a like a Colby Covington Jr. and start doing all kinds of MAGA stuff all the time. But Bryce Mitchell, what a great performance. What a sub. Uh, last night's card was very good. It flowed very nicely. Um the, the thing, the thing, the only thing that, that pisses me off is the two nut shots from Ben Wathrow, really, and that Cynthia Calvio, who also, you know, weighed in way overweight again. You know, was able to somehow get a draw in a fight that I thought there was no way she got a draw. Cody Stamen earlier in the night in the prelims. I'm not going to go over the prelims, but he definitely got robbed as well. So Cody Stamen, Michigan fighter, dope fucking kid, only had two losses. Now again, I thought he definitely won the fight somehow, some way, became a draw. So I'm not down on the uh, judging capabilities of the Washington D.C. Uh, what do you call them? The yeah, the commission. I'm not. I'm not for them right now. They are low on my list. So, also last night, moving on from the UFC, we had the heavyweight boxing championship of the world with Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz Jr. This was in Diria, South. I'm sorry, Diria, Saudi Arabia. This was a rematch from their June, from their June first fight at Madison Square Garden. On that fight, Madison at Madison Square Garden, Andy Ruiz Jr. shocked the world with his We'll call it doughy physique and six to seven inch height disadvantage going against a sculpted, out of marble, godlike looking human being like Anthony Joshua and was able to, gosh, he shook off all the hype. He shook off all of the, the, the bright lights, the big city, everything, and he was able to stop Anthony Joshua in the seventh round and collect his belts. <clears throat> now, we all have the idea of who we think is the best. For me, it's Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is the best heavyweight fighter in the world, and he has his belt. And there's Tyson Fury, and then there's Anthony Joshua, uh, and then, you know, there was Ruiz. So, so last night, it wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, no. This is my division. I'm a pro heavyweight boxer. This is my division. This is the division that I love. This is the division I watch the most. This is, these are the fights that I watch the most. was it wasn't the most exciting in the world, no. Because Anthony Joshua learned his fucking lesson. So he was smart and fought the smart fight. He angled off a lot. used his jab, stayed behind the jab, was really using the range. Dude, the guy's got a six or seven inch reach advantage. Use it. He didn't use it in the first fight. And look what happened to him, dude. He got got. And we do not need another, or I'm sorry, we, he did not need another one of those firefights that could possibly get him caught. He's a better boxer. Ruiz has faster hands, but come on, dude, six six versus six foot. You got to use your reach. You got to use the jab. You got to stay behind the jab. He angled off. You would not engage in a firefight, which caused some people to boo and hiss and not be stoked on it. But if you're a real boxing fan, this was a beautiful display of skill, of a smart game plan and implementing that game plan in the ring. Because we've all said it before: Would you, <laughs> you know, you can have a game plan all you want, but once you get in there and get hit in the mouth, what are you gonna do? Well, Joshua did a great job. He cut Ruiz in the first round, <clears throat> and he was able to pretty much jab him out in the occasional two and stay away from him, which I thought was the smart move. Is it the most exciting? No. Does anybody really care about anybody else at this point besides the Three Kings, as I call them? No. I want to see the Three Kings round robin. That's all I'm looking for. The Three Kings being Anthony Joshua out of England, Deontay Wilder out of Alabama, Tyson Fury also out of England. Granted, Deontay and Tyson already fought, but they fought to a draw. I want to see, and I know the world's clamoring for it as well, the boxing fans of the world. We want to see a round robin between these three guys. The winner at the end is the undisputed heavyweight champion, or as we like to call it, the Ring Magazine heavyweight champion, right? The best of the best. Because there's this alphabet soup. We all know about that, the WBO and all that nonsense. The real champion will be the guy who comes out from that three-man tournament, if you will. Three-man round robin. Get it out. See who's at the end. That's the champion. So, for our boxing beat, that's what was happening last night. Anthony Joshua beats Andy Ruiz by unanimous decision over in Saudi Arabia. Regains all of his belts, his alphabet suit belts. And what's next? Like I just said, I just want to see the three kings duke it out. See who the true best heavyweight pound for pound is on the... Not pound for pound. See who the best heavyweight is on the world. So, moving on from the boxing last night, we have quite, and I mean quite, the pay-per-view to look forward to for uh, next weekend. So my my main man, my engineer D. Reigns, could you please pull up UFC 245 entire card because I've got the I've got my predictions for the main card, but we're doing pretty well on time right now. So I think I may just I may just do the entire card here. So we're going to go ahead and get it started with the early prelims with uh, the middleweight. Contest between Soriano and Pachota. I've got Soriano winning by unanimous decision. That's the first Rhino pick for UFC 245. In our next bout, we've got Jessica Evil Eye versus Vivian Arujo in a women's flyweight bout. Jessica Eye, we all know, got fucking annihilated in their last fight. Um, Once you get knocked out like that, it's easier to get knocked out again. However, I do think her experience, and she's for some reason, she's still a very confident person, at least outwardly. Uh and she's a good, she's a solid fighter. I wouldn't say she's good per se, but she's a solid fighter. She's very experienced. Um, I'm gonna go Jessica I on this one. I went back and forth on a little bit, but I'm gonna go Jessica I by uh, unanimous decision over Vivian. So I've got Jessica I with U D over Vivian. Uh our next one. Now, this was definitely one that I was I'm excited to see. We've got Brandon Moreno and we've got Kai Car of France. Now, everybody in the MMA game knows that right now City Kickboxing is fucking killing it from down in New Zealand. Kai Kaikara France, one of their true young studs, uh, along with Izzy and Dan Hooker. Kaikara France is, I think, on another level above Brandon. I think Brandon's a fun fighter. He's tough as nails. Uh, I really like him. I love his personality, you know what I mean? But Kai Kaikara France, I think, is just too much. The, the Muay Thai is so sharp on that kid. He has just, the upside is above and beyond what, I think Moreno has, so I'm going Kai Car France by third round TKO in their flyweight contest. Once again, that's Kai Car France out of New Zealand with a fucking third round TKO. <clears throat> Moving up the featherweight, we got Chase Hooper versus Daniel Tamur. Daniel and his brother uh, David, both fighting out of Sweden, both tough as nails. Uh, I like Daniel in this one. I don't know Hooper very well. I got like Daniel in this one with a uh, unanimous decision on that one. Moving up to the main prelims from the early, you want to talk about two old school motherfuckers right here. You got Matt Brown, Matt the Immortal Brown. God, he got he was going around for a long time. Had some great fights with some top 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 tier guys. Uh, has been on retirement for a while, but you know, like many of many of us do, has retired and come back. So this will be his first fight back from a long hiatus. Now he's got a tough test. Ben Saunders again has been around forever. Like I remember, that guy was on like my one of my first UFC video <laughs> games that I ever got. Uh, ben Saunders extremely tall for the welterweight division, the 170 limit. You know, I think Matt Brown's six foot or six one, but Ben Saunders is like six three or six four. Very rangy, good muay Thai, excellent submissions. I think it's a bad matchup for Matt Brown. Matt Brown, who's got elbows, uh, he's a very good dirty boxer. He's good at grinding against the cage. He's got a very distinct skill set. I think, unfortunately, Ben Saunders is going to be too much. Ben has been active, whereas Matt has not. Ben has those fucking long limbs for the submissions if they go to the ground. God, I love Matt Brown, man. I really, really do, a fellow Midwestern boy. But I got to go with Ben Saunders on this one. I think Ben's going to get him. Uh, by third round submission I think he's going to get him in a triangle Or a rear naked He's going to get him some kind of sub With his crafty jiu-jitsu Once they go to the ground So third round sub for Ben Saunders I think uh, Moving on to Caitlin Vieira Out of Brazil Versus Irene Aldana Uh, Caitlin's, Caitlin's going to buzzsaw through her I think I'm going Caitlin With first round First round Mate Leon Or otherwise known as RNC Rear naked choke Caitlin Vieira First round Over Irene Aldana in the Bantamweight division. Then, you want to talk about fucking fun? We're talking about Jeff Neal and Mike Platinum Perry. Jeff Neal is an outstanding fighter. I think he's got all the skill set to beat Platinum Perry, who is, let's be honest, Platinum Perry, he can talk a good game. He's funny. He, You know, I'm not a big fan of his mouth because he says some pretty egregious things. He does the things like where he goes to the way in and he'll stick his hand out to shake his hand and then pull it away like a little Backstreet Bully douche so i'm definitely going with jeff neal uh i think jeff neal platinum perry is so tough you know what i mean we saw his nose get fucking smashed into 17 pieces and he kept on fighting um so i'm gonna go with jeff neal by i'm gonna go with split decision i think platinum perry might hurt jeff a few times which may sway a judge here and there to uh possibly give him one of the judges give him the win but yeah i got jeff neal by split decision over platinum mike perry <clears throat> now we're moving on to UFC's prediction for 245's main card. I don't like this fight. <laughs> I don't like this first one at all because I'm a big fan of Uriah Faber. I have been for over a decade. I love the dude. I. His positive attitude, the way he's brought so many guys in through the Alpha Male program, uh, he's just a good dude. I've always liked the way he fought. When he broke his hands against Mike Brown in the WEC, but he kept on fighting, I mean, it doesn't get better than that, dude. The kids all grass-eyed kids were the same age, um, which is 40. <laughs> so uh, he's coming in after a layoff as well. He came in, he beat Ricky Simone, as we know, but uh, he had a long and inactive streak. And then Petr Jan out of Russia is just a fucking animal, okay? At 135, this guy hits like a like a 70. He he has he is just so tough. Petra Jan, I think, has the capability. And honestly, I don't say this about many guys. Petra Jan has the capability to be a champion within the next year. Like that's how strong and tough and his sound he is technically. I think it's a bad fight for Uriah. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with unanimous decision for Petra Jan. I think I think Uriah's gonna have his moments, but I think Petra's going to I think he's going to be the clear-cut winner, you know, after three. So that's my pick for that one. Uh, Marlon Marias versus the shell that was Jose Aldo. For some reason, Jose is moving down to 35 for this fight. I don't know why he's doing that. He looks so depleted in the pictures that I'm seeing on social media. And Marlon is just a fucking banger, dude. And I I hate to say it. I hate to feel it. I hate to think it. I hate to believe it. But I think Marlon's going to KO Jose Aldo in the first round, I think he is. Marlon is such a stud. Marlon hits so hard. He throws so often. He's got a very high work rate. I think the weight cut's going to be terrible for Jose. He has not looked like the same Jose Aldo uh, the last few fights. I don't like the drop in weight class late in a career. I don't like it for anybody. Uh, Frankie Edgar maybe being the exception, but for the most part, I hate to see a weight class drop. Look what happened to you know Rashad Evans. I mean, I could go on and on with guys who dropped down and just got annihilated. I, I hate to say it, but I think that's what's going to happen to Jose. I hope he proves me wrong. I uh, we see the Jose of old with the leg kicks and the sharp, the sharp you know super jab that he has. But I just think Marlin's going to be way too much. It's going to be a, a tsunami of punches, and I think Jose is going to feel small and feel weak. And Marlon, Marlon's a huge 35er, as we know. So, yeah, I'm going Marlon first-round K over Jose. Hate to say it, but it's what I do. Uh, next, we have the fucking GOAT. People use this term. I'm going to go off in a second here. People love the term GOAT, particularly in combat sports, even more so, I think, than basketball or football or hockey or whatever. But they love to use the term GOAT way prematurely, okay? It is a word that is highly overused, uh, highly discredited by the rest of us who are like, this is fucking stupid. They've had eight wins. You think they're the GOAT. But in the case of Amanda Nunes, she is the fucking GOAT of all women's MMA, dude. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. She has been so good the last few years. Her wins against fucking, oh, God, I don't even get me started, but the win against Ronda Rousey is one of my most favorite wins in the history of MMA, male or female. I love, love, love it because... God, it was beautiful, it was dominating, it was exactly what she needed. The the kick over Holly Holm, the knockout of Cyborg. Anybody you put in front of her, she destroys. She doesn't eke out decisions, right? She fucking puts you to bed. I love the way Amanda Nunes fights. I love her range. I love the way she keeps you on the end of her punches. She is good on the ground, even though we don't see it that often. Dude, she is everything that should be as far as... Uh, A two-division champion, she's both a champion of 35 and of 45, and she's taking on Jermaine Durandamy. Now, Jermaine Durandamy from Holland is a former 145-pound champion. She was stripped of that because for all intents and purposes, we were all kind of led to believe that she was pretty much scared to fight Cyborg. Uh, She didn't want to fight. She kept turning down. Her contention is she had hand problems, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of he said, she said stuff with the UFC brass and GDR, but we do know this. GDR has a phenomenal Muay Thai practitioner. Multiple-time champion over in Holland, where she's from, which is the mecca of kickboxing, as we all know. She is tall. She is also rangy. She has great teeps. She has good punching power. So this is not a walk in the park for Amanda Nunez. But if Amanda Nunez trained the way that I know she trains down at ATT and has even take this mostly seriously, I think she smashes GDR. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a late stoppage for Amanda. So the title is on the line for the 145-pound strap. So I'm going to say middle of the fourth round, TKO Amanda Nunez. I think she's going to get GDR backed up against the cage. I think GDR is going to valiantly try to fight off, but it's not going to be able to get out of it. I think the Lioness takes her head, gets the the TKO in the middle of the fourth round. So once again, another feather in the cap for Amanda the Lioness Nunez, as I call her, the actual GOAT. So... Moving on to one of my favorite fighters of all time. We got the choo-choo Blessed Express coming through. Max, blessed Holloway, your 145-pound champion going against uh, Volkanovski out of Australia. I like Alexander. I do. I like Volkanovski. I think he's a good fighter. I like his style. I love his cardio. Man, that guy can go for days. But when you are lining up against Max Holloway, you are running into a buzzsaw that you have never encountered in your life. Max Holloway is super tall for the division. He is super high level when it comes to his IQ. The dude has perfect straight strikes. The dude has great head movement. His angles he cuts are fucking second to none. Volkanovski, again, he's a good fighter. He's a B-plus level fighter. You're going against Max Holloway, who I'd honestly say is probably one of the five or six greatest Fucking fighters walking the earth today. Maybe even yeah, I'd say that top five or six. Um, just a just a phenomenal fighter. I think Max Holloway's punches are gonna be too much. I think he's gonna be able to shirk off Volkanovsky's double attempts. I think he's gonna get uh the distance that he needs, and he's gonna piece T and he's I think he's gonna piece up Volkanovsky. So I'm gonna go with third round TKO for Max Blessed Holloway. And the Choo Choo Blessed Express is gonna come on through to the arena, retain his belt at 145. And then we'll have to wait and see who's next for him. So, once again, third round TKO for Max Bless Holloway over Alexander Volkanovsky. Now, our main event, and this is the one I'm most, uh, I would say, emotionally invested in, the Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington fight. <laughs> We've talked at length many times about what, where the line is in trash talk in combat sports. I think it's perfectly acceptable to talk about how good you are. I think it's perfectly acceptable to talk about how bad your opponent sucks. I think it's perfectly acceptable to talk about a lot of things. Colby Covington has far exceeded the line of, at least for this fucking podcaster, what is acceptable to say in the realm of sport. He has shit on people's entire culture, the country of origin. When he was in Brazil, he said they were a bunch of, you know, he said it was a shithole, essentially, a paraphrasing, and they were all a bunch of bums. And he has been a constant... Constant mouthpiece of garbage, of unkind uh, bitch assery. That's what we're gonna call it. Okay, he goes way too far with the things that he says. I've never liked Colby Covington. Is he a great fighter? You bet your ass he is. He's probably got the best cardio in in the seventy division. Only probably, you know, met by Kamara. So that's why a, that's a great matchup. But Colby Covington has gotten under Kamaru's skin. They've had a couple little mini skirmishes in hotels. There's been so much trash talk. I think Colby Covington is a great fighter. Uh, His cardio is amazing. It covers up the holes in his striking, which I don't think is that good. He's a really good fighter. Kamaru Usman has got to bring his fucking A game. I know he hates Colby. I know he hates Colby. He wants to beat him up so bad. He's going to have to keep some of that emotion in check. I hope he uses the emotion that he feels for the training and has been using it for the training so that he is at his most peak physical condition when he steps in the cage that night. And if he is, I think he beats Colby by unanimous decision. Colby will keep it close. Colby is such a high-pressure fighter. He throws not really hard strikes, but he throws a huge volume of strikes, right? Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of clinch work. They're both really high-level wrestlers. i got to give the edge to to Colby as far as cardio, and then i got to give Usman the the striking and a little bit of the edge on the wrestling. So I'd love to see Colby get knocked out. I know millions of us would. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kamaro is going to, if he keeps his emotions in check— He's going to implement his game plan of grinding him out, slamming him down, short elbows, short punches, getting him up against the cage, dirty boxing. So, yeah, I've got Kamara Usman uh, defending his 170 belt, his welterweight belt, against Colby by unanimous decision at UFC 245. So we have really gotten a lot done, I'd say, in this little uh, half an hour of our program. I have some shout-outs to give to my MMA Twitter family. So as we all know, you know, like I said, my previous show, Combat Sports 101, is a wrap. We are not we are not moving forward with that show. But there are a lot of friends uh, that I've made through MMA Twitter. And we will have our new Twitter page up very shortly with this show on it. Um, some of those people, obviously, would be my boy Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. My girl, Ashley the MMA Nerd from Ashley the MMA Nerds podcast. Uh, my boy, Unsolicited Fight Picks. Uh, Derek Lewis Hot Balls, Drea MMA, G from Woe TV, Laura Purple Pants, my boy Marquise Johns, who keeps the boxing information going on his Weak Sauce radio, uh, Kenneth Roberts, Mr. Tiddly Wings, you're the homie dude, uh, Misty B, MMA Jap, or also known as MMA Jap Junkie. There are so many of you guys out there that I'm such a huge fan of Jim Assoon, God can't forget you, the king of MMA Twitter, my boy, uh, all of you guys, uh, the Deadbeat Podcast. There, there are so many of you have ever I've gotten to know this time and really, really appreciate the work and the content that you put out and just being able to be a part of this MMA community. I'm so really, really thankful for you guys. I hope we can, uh, I hope we can duplicate what we had before and then exceed it with. Um, with being able to reach people. And uh, we're definitely going to be taking some um, some Twitter questions for next week's show. We just wanted to kind of get the first one hammered out and kind of go over what we had to go over. But, yeah, next week, man, we will have some questions that we're going to put out there for you. Once again, it's going to be at uh, Combat Sports with Rhino is the uh, new show. And I'm your host, the Rhino. And once again, we are so, so glad you joined us. Thank you guys so much.